Uh, okay, not going to screw this up. This is so weird. There's no audio. It's got this ancient. Looks like it looks like an R two or an. Gordon old. really is living in my world. This is how I do it every day, Gordon. <laughs> I know it's just weird. I'm not having to say. Okay, ready. Here we go. In this episode of the Full Nerd Ryzen four thousand for laptops. Welcome to the Full Nerd, episode 132. I'm your host, Gordon Bong, with co-host Brad Charkas. Hello, Internet. Elena Yee and my Zoom is on the right. I don't know where she is on hers. I'm in the Lower top right. right. You're in the top right? Yes. And Adam Patrick Murray is controlling the horizontal and vertical, sort of. I, well, I feel like I'm, I'm getting uh, every week a, a more firmer grasp on the remote horizontal and verticals. Uh, so yeah, no, I, th- I think we're, we're good to go. This is a topic people have been waiting for, for a while. So I think we should just hop right into it. Yeah. It. So we're, we are going to be talking about AMD's Ryzen 4000. It's finally here. And I can tell you going to many, many AMD press conferences, you could tell that at a certain point, Lisa Sue herself got tired of people asking like, when are we going to see this in laptops? It's like, well, you know, every time people would ask, you know, reporters like myself would go, when are we going to see this in laptops? And she would just kind of like, at a certain point, it's like, uh, when you see it, today you see it. And it is a stunning change in laptops because I will say AMD has never won the laptop war with Intel. And I would have to say, as of today, Ryzen 4000 pretty much clears the field of ninth gen Intel parts. Uh, on age class for gaming laptops, you can look at the story on uh, PCWorld.com. We're going to get into a few of the charts. Do we want to go with chart number one? Uh, Gordon, we, we have we have plenty of charts that I figured out on this. We got plenty. This remote version. <laughs> there are uh, lots of charts. Yeah, let's uh, let's get into chart number one. Cinebench this is chart R15. number one. Cinebench R15. Uh, we do use in our actual store. We have R20 as well. I used R15 because we have a very large database of R15 numbers for laptops. It is also more relevant in laptops because you could argue we have not been on this crazy core war as much on laptops as we have on desktops. So it's still pretty good. But if you check out that chart, the second on the list is the Asus ROG Zephyrus G14 with a Ryzen 9 4900HS with a score of 1931. What's... Yes, uh, so far, that is the only Ryzen laptop that I've seen out there. Uh, we were hoping to get U-class laptops, sort of, you know, thinner and lighter, two and a half to three pound laptops. This is a three and a half pound gaming laptop with a, uh, again, oh, Ryzen 9. Man and an RTX 2060 Max-Q. But if you look at this chart, uh, hopefully it's still up on the screen. What's crazy, the laptop that is faster than it in our test that we have recorded is the Alienware Area 51M R1 with a Core i9-9900K desktop part in it. <laughs> right? And this is the only one that's faster. Yes. It's the only one that's faster. And really, if you wanted to say, well, it's not a real mobile part, then you would be comparing it to the Acer Predator Helios 700 with the i9-9900HK. And that is a big 
Oh, and my dog's coming in because my son came in to get his phone. Sorry, get the dog, son. Thank you. <laughs> Before you knock everything the, the over. Dog, the dog is really excited about these Ryzen 4000 laptops. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, who wouldn't be? It's crazy to me looking at these charts just while Gordon's busy is, for a second. It it's is cra- nuts. It's crazy because not only is that one that's faster, the 9900K desktop version, and it beats out all of Intel's mobile CPU laptops there. But those Intel mobile CPUs are significantly bigger and heavier. Like this Asus ROG Zephyrus G14 is three and a half pounds. That's wild. That's the crazy thing. So, yeah, so the Helio 700 is it's a 10 pounder. It's a big, fat, heavy gaming laptop. It has a 2080, so that is a lot of the weight of it. But still, the large laptops, large laptops and the CPUs benefit from more cooling, better thermals, more power. Being in a big fat laptop, it's probably fair to compare that G14 to the MSI GE65 Raider. It's about a five pounder. It has a Core i9 eight core in it, and it definitely the the Ryzen nine easily handles that Core i9 eight core in a five pound laptop. And I, I did I don't have it on this one, but I looked up a score for the MacBook Pro 16, kind of similar to the XPS 15, about 1600. So we're looking at 1931. And it's lighter out of this. A lot lighter. I mean, you know, you could almost just sort of like say, well, that's, we don't really need to see anything else, but we do want to see, you know, multi-threaded or single-threaded performance. It's, it's funny to me because people say you don't need, who cares about Cinebench in the thin and light, but this shows that you can care about Cinebench in the thin and light. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> and, and that is, you know, Intel has been saying that. And I, they have kind of a fair point when you get down to two and a half, but three and a half is so spectacularly light. You might actually carry it with you, right? And yeah. Uh, why don't we look at single thread performance in Cinebench R15? Uh, it's up. That's slide two. Yep. Okay. So that is uh, the ROG Zephyrus G14. It slips back a little bit. Uh, no surprise. You know, because single threaded Intel does have higher clocks. They have had higher clocks, especially those ninth gen parts. But again, the three laptops that are ahead in single-threaded performance in Cinebench, those are not light laptops either, right? Those are all three of those are 17-inch laptops. In fact, the Air 51, the Evo 17s, which with an, with an older i9 six-core in it, but still very high clock, and the Predator, all very heavy laptops, three and a half pounds. The fact that the Ryzen 9 can push out 195 versus, you know, 201 out of a Helio 700 is very, very respectable. That's that's almost like a win for AMD in some ways. And especially if you look at like a, compared to that that GE65 Raider or, if, again, you get to smaller, you get to thinner laptops. Intel performance continues to shrink. Uh, so they are right there with this chip in single thread performance. Very impressive. What's what's crazy to me is like when you told me you're going to be reviewed this, I'm like, why would they send that one out that has the HS chip, the lower power chip? Yeah, and that's the important thing to keep in mind while you're looking at these. This isn't even like uh, Ryzen 4000; it's full H class form. This is the lower wattage, lower power version of it. I can't wait to see what uh, like a, a similar five ten pound desktop with this in it. Yeah, no, I mean you put that's a question and. It's not a guarantee that you're going to get crazy better performance, but yeah, there's a good chance that 
it will actually still do really well because the one thing that's different for the Ryzen 9, Ryzen 7 and HS are the same. Ryzen 5 and HS and the H are actually the exact same clocks. The TDP is lower at 35 watts versus 45 watts. It's interesting for the Ryzen 9, the 4900H part, not the HS, they're saying 45 watts and it will have higher clocks. And they're sort of implying the most part that you're, it's not going to throttle as much as an HS part because, you know, ideally you'll be using it in a larger laptop with better cooling. So it will probably hold better on long-term runs if you're doing a heavy load. In fact, the next slide is actually great for illustrating this. Well, real quick, Although, we got $5 from Big Al. Thank you, Big Al. He said uh, you should see DeBauer's review. He opened his and added liquid metal and got even more performance. Yeah. That sounds yeah, like I a mean, DeBauer review. I was going to say that's, that's what he does. <laughs> I I can't imagine when he gets a new refrigerator, does he like... I, I... <laughs> He's like, these things are cool liquid metal better. to the refrigerator. Yeah, this will cool way better. <laughs> no, could you imagine like visiting DeBauer's house? It's like, damn, man, could you turn the heat up? Yes, I did. But then I cooled it down. <laughs> oh, that's but, pretty good. <laughs> thermals is a really good discussion though for this handbrake encode we basically for this test we take a 30 gig file 1080p and we use an older version of handbrake and we transcode it or encode it to uh, uh android tablet with the preset in there it's generally a pretty long running test i will say on say a, a quad core uh, U-Class, it's about an hour run. So you, the longer you run a laptop, the more the heat builds up. If the if the thermals can't keep up with it, it's going to start to slow down or, or throttle, as like a lot of people like to complain about. So we like to run this test to see, well, how does it react to a, a longer load? And I will say, when we started using this test back when we had, you know, quad-core KB Lakes, it, was, it still took quite a while to run, right? So it was yeah. enough to heat the laptop up. I, I think we're going to have to get, we're almost to the point where we have to switch it, but what's we're going to have to start encoding Lord of the Rings. Yeah. Lord of the Rings or something, something <laughs> longer, but again, it's still, you're over 20 minutes on the encode. So 20 minutes is generally enough to burn off all of your, all of your turbo boost, all of your boosting. So you're going to run into thermal issues. Although with these laptops, they're so fast, maybe not as much as before, but look again, number one is that, that Alienware with an Core i9-9900K desktop part, 8 pounds. Number two, 10-pound Helio 700 with a Core i9-9900HK. And then number three is that tiny little Asus G14. Not that far behind either, right? That's I mean, wild. That's, that's wild. And what it also says is like Ryzen is efficient enough that it can still handle a decent load for pretty long a uh, long amount of time, even on a three and a half pound laptop. So that implies the CPU is in tremendously efficient over what we're seeing out of Intel's current parts. And and this was just running on the CPU, the this handbrake encode, right? Yeah. So the handbrake encode is older. So we're not doing we're not doing QuickSync. We're not doing CUDA. We are running it strictly as a CPU load. Again, originally we ran it just to sort of see if you would see throttling. A lot of people will do the same thing. They'll run Cinebench, you know, maybe 10 times, and you'll see the scores drop as the laptop heats up from, you know, slamming all threads for the whole time. Handbrake does the same thing. You're basically running continuously for 20, 25, 30, 40 minutes. Um, obviously, with these eight-core laptops, with these very fast ones, 
it's not as long, but still 20 something minutes on a laptop is, is pretty decent on CPU. So this is again, a, a great sign for not only Ryzen, but also, you know, for that, that G14, because the compromise with thin and light gaming laptops has always been, Oh, it's awesome till you use it long enough. And then the performance drops to the floor. Yeah, no, this is this is awesome. Uh, also, we we got another five dollars. Thank you so much from Lasalle Rhymes the third. Says looking forward to Black Friday sales for gaming laptops this year. Uh, yeah, people are excited. Yeah, and we're just gonna blip through a few. Of these these are fast, just because I want to say, you know, people go like, you only ran Cinebench. We actually ran a lot of different tests, but this next one is Blender, a slightly older version, but it's what I have recorded for the Core i9. I wanted to show that GE65 Raider. I unfortunately don't have scores for the Helios, the Area 51, but this is actually the realistic battle you're going to see, which is the G14 versus the, you know, sort of that five pound gaming uh, laptop. Uh, on Blender, you can, you know, 272 for the G14, 313 for that Raider, right? So, it it definitely is still faster than that Core i9 part, and it's um it's also faster than the eight core Ryzen 7 2700 that uh, Acer put in a, a, a laptop. And again, clearly faster. That's a desktop than, too, right? Yeah, that was a desktop uh, 65 watt 2700 part that Acer put into a, a fairly decent, you know, beefy laptop. That when the what I loved about the Helios 500 is they made an Intel version. And they made uh, a Ryzen version. So the Intel version used a uh, 8950HK part. And that was a six core, very high clock part. And even with that eight core Ryzen 7 2700, that Intel part cleaned that Ryzen's clock, right? That really sort of, they will do the exact same laptop shells, same size battery. I could swap the bottoms out from those laptops. So they were really a good way to sort of judge at that time Ryzen versus um, Core uh, i9. And Core i9 smoked Ryzen, even the Ryzen, you know, 2700. And as much as people want to say previously that AMD is just as good as Intel, I would have argued that whole time because the truth is Intel ruled the roost. There was, it was, it was very hard to justify buying an AMD-based laptop for H and for U-class versus those Intel chips because they were just so good. That six-core Helios 500 was basically dead even with an eight-core Ryzen 700 2700. Well, you know what? Ryzen 4000 changes it, because look at that. Those were big, heavy, six-pound laptops. This is three and a half pounds, and it's leading the pack. (laughs) Impressive. That's wild. That's crazy. That's literally, it's literally never happened. No, it never, and it literally <laughs> never happened. Just we we can probably just blip through this. This is Pavray multi core three point seven, same thing. Core i nine getting smoked by that uh, Ryzen nine, not even not even close, not even close in this one. Same thing for the older uh, Intel part and that older Ryzen. Look at that Ryzen twenty seven hundred. It just did not cut the mustard. Four thousand is not the same as twenty seven hundred. Single core performance again. Surprise, generally, Intel has a pretty good, decent advantage in single-core performance, single-thread performance. But, you know, desktop is a little different because desktops, you have unlimited cooling, unlimited power delivery. Those things just crank those clocks up. Laptops, not quite the same. They're very, very handcuffed by what they're inside of. And we're 
kind of date even. Core i9, which still has a very high boost clock that sort of falls off as it runs. That uh, Ryzen 9, date even with it. And also date even with uh, another, an older six core, very high clock uh, Core i9 part. But that, that Ryzen 9 is standing with those other two other laptops, right? And that's, again, in a three and a half pound laptop. That's the crazy part to me, all this. It's not just that AMD beat them. It's that AMD beat or equaled them in a three and a half pound laptop. Like right. every, every time you're saying these numbers is blowing my mind. I know. And it's just sort of like, do I, you know, it's one of the things where like, do you need to run these other numbers, but you, you do have to, you do have to do it. But uh, next one is time spy. We're going to go over this quick. Same, same deal. Big fat giant laptops, actually pretty good, but they're big fat giant laptops. Again, that, that uh, core i9 in a five pound laptop is going to lose that Ryzen nine. That's a time spy CPU. That's pure CPU load it is a physics engine based on an open source. I think it's a uh, bullet physics. And uh, although I do, we, we're really talking about Ryzen. I do want to talk about the graphics inside of that uh, G14. I think it is worth talking about. Um, one of the messages that AMD made with Ryzen is, look, we're going to save you all kinds of power because you're not going to heat the CPU up like a Core i9 part. So you're going to take that savings from your CPU. You're going to run your GPU harder. I think that probably makes a lot of sense. I think that's probably going to prove to be right. But from what I've seen, from what I have, I think it's a little hard to say. With I can't prove it. I think it makes a lot of sense because you have a fixed power budget, fixed thermal budget. You get more out of Ryzen than you do from Core i9, Core i7. But I don't have uh, RTX 2060 3.5-pound laptop with a Max-Q. 2060 max q in it to compare um i will say there are some really good signs uh, and that is i would say i think that's interesting that uh, i think that says stuff on its own the fact that you know 2060 has been around for a year and a half now or a year in laptops maybe and we haven't even seen a three and a half pound intel laptop no and that's what's coming out with with ryzen 4000 yeah, and so if we go to the next chart, this is just Port Port Royal, just a pure ray tracing benchmark in 3D Mark. This is actually a good sign because the G14 is a little bit faster. That's with the Max Q part, we're a little bit faster than the Dell G7 with a 9750. That's actually your pretty standard Intel build out with a 9750. That's six core with a 2060 part. That's a full 2060, not a Max Q part. And the G14 is slightly faster on the GPU. That could be AMD's argument that, hey, look, we're giving you more power for your GPU, but that is a Max-Q part, and you know, I don't know that much about the Max-Q part. Uh, notebook check does have information on it that you can read, but that is a good sign. The graphics in this laptop, you're not going to get hurt by this. You're not like you're going to take this, run the CPU so hard that you have nothing left for the GPU. So I think that's a good sign for AMD. Uh, but uh, quick, next one. Big Al uh, 2268 says, confirmed AMD is the first to successfully reverse engineer alien technology. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, right. I know you would you would think so, right? And and I will say that is a, that's always something everybody said over the years because I will say when Intel has had its winning streaks and you're like, how do, where they pull out of you? You're like, Area 51 will clearly... I guess maybe AMD got the Area 52 or something, so they got that stuff too. Uh, this one's actually very important. People really well, you know, know there was there was the, the raid on Area 51 last year. So 
Oh yeah, was there? Oh there maybe was, yeah. So maybe <laughs> Andy got yeah. They got in on the. Why is it Naruto? Is it like a Star Wars thing? No, it's a. You missed it. It's a, it's, it was an online joke thing. Yeah, don't worry about ah, it. Okay. Uh, yeah, but th- <laughs> this next slide, people are really excited about battery life. They really want to know what happens <laughs> with this. So um, I want to know about this. So for our tests, our official laptop tests, we. Our guidance, we like to do a video run end test. There are, you know, if you go back to the Ryzen store we ran a, a couple weeks ago or so, we talked about AMD sort of take, you know, on H class laptops, these sort of power hungry laptops, <clears throat> we still do the same video rundown test. I think it's a little less relevant, but still important. And for the test, we basically take the Tears of Steel 4K file and we loop that in airplane mode. So Wi Fi off. The screen is set uh, for about 250 nits to 260 nits. We use the Windows uh, built-in movies and TV player because it is the most efficient. And we also use a pair of earbuds because every laptop, the speaker system, the drivers are all different. They can consume more power. They can consume less power. So by using ear earbuds, we can sort of neutralize uh, sort of audio differences. And we think the workload matches what you would do if you got on a plane and you sat on it and you were watching your videos and um, in gaming laptops typically never been great. No, I mean, you know, it's not bad, but I mean, again, this next chart you can see. And the nice thing is I've broken up by hours. Like we're looking at just what over six hours for the Ryzen laptop G14s. It's got and very important is to know the size of the battery life. Although I said 78 watt hours, it sort of varies in the windows report, but it's 75 watt hours. 75 is the official spec. Battery size does make a difference because you look at the top is an older Gigabyte Aero 15X. They put 94 watt hour batteries in them. Gigabyte did it right with that laptop. They put it, you know, real gaming GPU uh, at that time, real gaming CPU and big batteries. So very decent battery life. But that Ryzen G14 is doing pretty well. I mean, it's hanging right there with the GS75 with the uh, 8750. That's a six core. And a 20, uh, 2080 in it. But for our test, because we're using Windows, Movie, and TV, and this is actually very important with this generation of Ryzen, is it has integrated Radeon Vega cores. So previously, if you look down at the very bottom of this list, you could see the uh, Predator Helios 500 with the Ryzen 7 2700 with a Radeon RX Vega 56. One of the issues with that CPU is it didn't have integrated graphics. So in order to play video, in order to use your laptop, that Radeon had to be running. So you had an additional power load just to do nothing. So it has absolutely, that's just a consider, it has essentially the same size battery as this Ryzen 9 4900HS, but it gets you about 72 minutes of runtime, right? Five times less, four to five times less. That's and we're looking at over six hours on the G14. Very respectable. Uh, that's better than uh, GS65 with a 9750H. Again, we're running everything on the integrated graphics. The graphics don't make any difference. At that point, when you're running just video, the GeForce or the Radeon should be mostly asleep, and everything is running on that GPU. So I got to say, the AMD's right in the ballpark. I would not be afraid of AMD battery life i guess that was really sort of one of my reservations this whole time from ces to now 
I'm yep. really pretty comfortable with it. Well, uh, real quick, we got uh, two clarifications. One of them is this is a 4K at 60 frames a second. Is that what this is kept out at? Uh, I think it's a 30, 4, 4K 30. Oh, okay. And, okay. And he was actually kind of wondering why, why do you even use 4K? And I was like, well, at the time we adopted this, which was many years ago, we wanted a video file that would be a little harder on the IGP because if you if you just sort of loop the 1080p you know low bitrate file or something it would just be you'd be looking at an even longer runtime so we selected something a little harsher it's also open source so if you wanted to you can actually download this video set the brightness if you have the tools to do it yourself and test it yourself in that time though a lot of the igps have so much acceleration for all the advanced codecs and everything it's 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 pretty much cruise control my guidance here is 6 6 hours for our 4k file amd i think i think asus says uh 10 hours but that's obviously lower brightness and a lower bitrate lower resolution file if you were to fire up the gpu for gaming i would say you'd be lucky to get an hour and a half and that's generally in every single gaming laptop I've ever tried. You'll be lucky to get an hour and a half if you're going to play games. If you're yep. doing purely a CPU load, maybe two hours. But I actually think, and I'm going to do some of this, but again, you sort of need same size battery and a current laptop. I think Ryzen will have a slight advantage on a heavy CPU load because one, they'll finish it faster than say a 9750H with a 75 watt hour battery. And also it's more efficient. So I think... I think actually my my read, and we'll do further testing on this when we have more time because you do have to run it many, many, many times. I think that Ryzen will actually do really well under heavy-duty loads because you're done, you're finished, now you're sleeping. If you've got six cores and you take an extra 15 20% longer, 30% longer, then you're going to use more battery. That makes a lot of sense. Nice. Yeah, people are really wondering about that. And we, we have uh, an, another... Uh follow up to this but we we can get to it later i, th- I think we keep going okay we're gonna just, just do a couple quick ones this is just simply a uh, cinebench i do want to look at because intel has traditionally had an advantage at uh light lightly threaded tasks that they can run the boost up to five gigahertz to four eight and all that kind of cool stuff so i wanted to see what it looked like so i take cinebench r15 i run one thread then two threads uh, we wait one minute between runs i let them rest a little bit two, three, four, all the way up to 16 threads, whatever max the CPU has. Uh, This one is just simply, we're going to skip the actual raw score. You can see that on the website in our story. But we're just looking at the percent percent difference between a Ryzen 9 4900HS and an i9-9880H. So uh, as you can see on those light threads, one, two threads, uh, Intel has a slight advantage. Again, they boost up pretty high. So they definitely have a very slight advantage. 2% is not a lot, though. Um, then you get up to, you know, by about six six threads, AMD's got up to 8%, and then you're up to like 18, 15. All the way by the time you get to 16 threads, uh, AMD has a six, uh, 18% performance advantage over an 8-core Core i9 980 8H in a five-pound laptop, which is a big win if you ask me for yeah. Ryzen 4000 because they're not giving up. You could in the past argue that on desktop 9900KSK will smoke even some of the best Ryzen parts because of those high high clock speeds. 
I wouldn't say it's quite the same old laptops. I think they're very Intel is very shackled by that 14 nanometer process, and they can't push the clocks as as long as they can on a desktop part. So that's that's a big win for Ryzen. But the next one, I think, is actually uh, some people are going to say it's unfair. I actually going to make my argument. Here's my case as a litigator for why it's even more fair. <laughs> this is the 40 Ryzen 9 4900 HS 35 watt part versus a Core i7. 9750H in a, a four and a half, uh, five pound gaming laptop. Uh, that boost advantage that the rise, the core i nine has is not there on the, on the, the core i seven 9750H. This laptop's a little bit thinner and it's simply a massive whooping. You're up to like, by the time you're at like four threads, it's 41%. By the time we're all the way out to 16 threads, it's 62% faster than a 9750H. I know, of course, people are going to say, well, that's not fair. Ryzen 7 4900HS is a Ryzen 9. You can't put that against a Core i7-9750H. But my argument is on the last slide here. This, I think, is, as Brad has been mentioning many times, this is the most important factor here, and it is the weight. And this is the proximate laptop weights. Is this the updated one, Adam, with the with the iPad? Image? Yes, it is. Or is this the? So if you can see the bar in green, that's old school AMD green. People don't remember they were <laughs> green before they were red. But you can see the weight here. So most of the gaming laptops we have seen, and we've probably seen, I don't know, 30 of them, of 8750H, 9750H, they don't get down to this weight. They are bigger screens, 15.6 inch. But I think the reason they're not doing smaller laptops is partially because they can't put them in there. So I've not seen a Core i9 in a four and a half pound gaming laptop. I've seen it in Dell XPS 15. Arguably, that is not a gaming laptop because it has a 1650 in it. I, and the thermals on the XPS 15, the limitations are very well known. It is not a great gaming platform. They say go buy an Alienware. That's great. That Alienware is going to have a 9750H in it. It's going to have a real gaming part. It's going to be bigger. It's going to be heavier. But look at where that G14 is. It's like 1,587 grams. It's not much heavier than a Surface Laptop 3 with the Ryzen 7 3780U. That is a 15-inch laptop. But... <laughs> That's that's crazy. That's crazy. <laughs> it is a 15 inch laptop with a U part in it. Yeah, it's a 15 inch laptop with a U part. Look, we're basically almost as much. It's this that G14 weighs almost as much as a MateBook Fiend, which has a U part quad core and a GeForce MX250. That's typically what you get. Uh, Razer's actually sort of done this really cool thing. They did their Razer Blade Stealth 13 with an ice lake part, which is, you know, hey, it's a great U part for very light laptops. And then they put a 1650 Max-Q in it. You know what also really impresses me about this, Gordon? Yeah. Is that the uh, the capacity of the battery is so much bigger, too, on the G14, and you still have it this light. So you're getting much more performance uh, paired with enough power so that you don't, you know, hurt for battery life. And it weighs about as much as these parts that don't really have, you know, powerful discrete graphics, if at all. I it just it just yeah, I got my mind. Yeah, it's my it really is the G14 really is 
a mind-blowing laptop. I think when I saw it at CES, it was like, wow, this is amazing. In the back of my mind, I'm always like, uh, you know, we've seen a lot of these thin light laptops. Once you crank them up, performance falls off a cliff. I'm not seeing that with this G14. So that's that's what's amazing. I mean, and again, this thing at 1,587 grams, it can run with laptops that are 4,000. 4,700 grams, which if you look at the chart (laughs) of the bottom, I've converted it to freedom units, 10, eight pound laptops. It's just crazy. It's just, it's right. It's just it. Then that's why I would argue because I had a discussion with, let's say uh, somebody at in a blue company. They're like, Hey, we've been pushing thin laptops for a long time. And we've sort of, how can we get no credit for that? And it's actually very fair. Intel has enabled, uh, thin laptops, thin performance laptops with H class. They've done it with you. They do get a lot of credit for this. Uh, Nvidia, of course, would probably like to butt in and say, Hey, Max Q, <laughs> that was us. We were helping with that too. But I've not seen three and a half pounds. I mean, look at that. Gigabyte gets some credit because they actually tried this. They made a 13 inch gaming laptop with a, with a Haswell uh, U part or H part and an 870 GTX 8. 70, and they made an Aero 14 with a, a 1060 and a KB Lake H part. Uh, Dave Lee did a video on it. He said it was the lightest gaming laptop ever. This is the G14 is still significantly lighter than that quad core with the 1060 in it, and it will beat that laptop silly. Oof. It's uh, like not any questions I can think of. This just is like a mind blowing thing, like Elena said. Well, we, we do have some <laughs> questions from the chat. People want to know about price. Talk about price. Is there a premium on these laptops? Are, are we going to have to pay for it? Well, I I will say I'd have to see, well, because when they actually go on sale, I want to see more of them to draw a conclusion. I did ask AMD for the price of the CPU. They're like, were well, you going to buy one and build your own laptop? They don't. <laughs> they really don't disclose that. Uh, and for the record, for people who don't know, if you go to Intel Arc, you can look up the prices of Intel CPUs. They're all exactly the same. Every single CPU at the high end is exactly the same price because they don't sell them to consumers. They sell them to Dell, Gigabyte, MSI, Asus, everybody, and they buy them by the pallet full to build laptops. Um, it doesn't really apply. This laptop, the Asus ROG Zephyrus G14 with Ryzen 9 4900HS, 16 gigs of DDR4, uh, one terabyte Intel SSD, a 660P, um, Wi-Fi 6, Intel part, 1080p, 120 hertz, uh, IPS-like panel is $1,450. And I was looking around at sort of, right? I'm not the price expert. I mean, Lena, what do you think? Is that... I just said, not bad, not (laughs) bad at all. (laughs) I mean, for the amount of performance you're getting in a thin and light and thin and lights, I mean, they still have a little bit of a premium to them, you know, obviously because more engineering goes into them, more development time, et cetera, et cetera. $1,400 like list price. It's pretty good. Yeah. And I was, I was trying to draw determination of the price, but it's a little hard because Everybody in the world has run out and bought a gaming laptop because they need more performance at home. Yeah. So prices are a little inflated, but I will say for this performance, again, on the CPU side, you had to step up to a Core i9. 
So I was not seeing, you were not seeing Coronine laptops for $1,500. That's what I was thinking. I was coming from the opposite side of Elena. She's coming from the light side. I was thinking of the gaming side. I'm like, this beats a 9980KHK or whatever it's called. And you can't get Coronine in a laptop for 1500 much less than a 3.5 pound laptop. It's, it's just ludicrous. Yeah. yeah. yeah for the most part, it's 20 years. Sort of getting CPU performance at 1450 that you would traditionally six months ago would have paid $2,500 for, for the CPU side. I honestly think too, the fact that we are able to come at it from two different angles just says how amazing this part is because it overlaps these two different paths that are what two paths that used to be separate, right? So now you guys come at it are coming at it from the gaming perspective. I'm coming at it from, Oh crap. Like look how much you can pack into a thin and light. And it's the same. It's the same thing in the end. We're just looking yeah. at it from two different angles. Yeah, and it's a little bit of an interesting place because I, the, again, we didn't run any graphics benchmarks because you know what, an RTX 2060 is an RTX 2060. In this case, though, it's a 2060 Max Q, so it makes it hard to compete against. It's a little hard to sort of divorce that Core i9 performance price from the graphics because at $2,500, you were also getting a 2080, which is yep. a much more serious GPU. You were getting, you know, a lot more performance on the graphics side. People were not making Core i9s with 1650s. They were not making them with 2060s. They were not making them with uh, Max-Q parts and, and thin and light laptops. Although I, in the heart, I mean, it could be just OEM says that just doesn't make any sense. And then also kind of sometimes I wonder if it's like they couldn't do it. You just couldn't do it. You couldn't, you literally, I don't, again, I don't know if it's because you literally can't make uh, a, a four and a half pound gaming laptop with, uh, with say a gaming grade GPU with an i9. I think the thermals, I think there's just too many thermals for the core i9 because you know, again, look at the, on this chart, there's a MacBook Pro 15. There is, I think, an XPS 15. Those are both heavier than the G14. <laughs> and they both, their GPUs are not, they are not gaming grade GPUs, no matter what. In fact, even the power supply on the MacBook Pro 16 is, is 96 watts. There's no way they're running that Brady on that hard. Yeah, and, and so another question a lot of people have been asking about uh, through the course of this is uh, is fans. How hot does it get? Does the fan speeds kick up? I mean, what, what, what are we looking at there? So I actually measured the lid. There's a, if you go to the story on PCWorld.com, you can, I, hopefully it's in there. There's a thermal image of the keyboard deck at, uh, after I think I'd been running PUBG for a couple hours, maybe 120 degrees up near areas where you wouldn't touch. Very reasonable. Um, so under GPU loads or under CPU loads, it's amazing how quiet the G14 is. And I'm saying G14 because it is really the platform. It is not just simply the CPU, but the G, the Asus Zephyrus G14 under handbrake, it is amazingly quiet. So you, even, even on, so there's a turbo mode and then there's a, there's like a performance mode. There's, so there's like a quiet mode. This is on the turbo mode because I wanted to test it as, as what you would plugged in an AC. See, pure CPU loads, very, very quiet. Amazingly quiet. Quieter than I've heard on most Intel-based laptops with, with i9s in them. You crank up that 2060, though, and you're playing PUBG. I did that for a couple hours. 
and it's normal like any any thin and light gaming laptop. It's not just simply the the pure DB, but also fairly high you know fan pitch because the fans are very narrow. They just it's a little whiny like most laptops. Not horrible, not offensive, but it's loud when you're gaming. But on the CPU loads, it's easily the most well-behaved uh, performance laptop that I've ever tested. Because most of the Intel-based ones, you run them long enough, those fans start going on those i9 parts. So they get decently loud, unless, and especially they get louder as they get thinner because the pitch gets higher. It gets more annoying. If you have a nice, thick laptop with big fan blades, you can manage it you know, very well, but, um, I would say extremely well, but when you're gaming, uh, it's, it's, it's still a gaming laptop, but any thin and light gaming laptop, any thin laptop period, once you push it hard, will make a lot of noise. Uh, and a lot of people are, are asking again, if you can clarify the, um, not a lot of people, some people were asking about the, the gaming, uh, how come you didn't uh, do many uh, gaming benchmarks, things like that. Uh, if you look at the actual review of the laptop, the gaming uh, numbers are in there. We did run them. Again, it's how do I compare a Ryzen 9 with a 2060 a Max-Q against uh, uh, that 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 uh, GE65 Raider? That has an RTX 2070. That 2070 will whip a 2060 silly all day. So how exactly do you compare those two platforms? I, th- I would argue that if you're going to do gaming performance comparison, it has to be the exact same GPU at very close to the same weight. So yep. it's not fair if I took the G, uh, uh, the Asus and I put it up against a 10-pound laptop with a 2060 or a 6-pound laptop with a 2060 in it because they just got better thermals. They got you know, you got bigger fans. You could possibly have more heat pipes, thicker heat pipes. I think it's very unfair. I think the ability, and this is this is the one thing that that AMD is. I think they're so clever with pushing this laptop out in front of everybody. Is you just can't get to this performance at this thick of a laptop. So I think for gaming, if I had, if ASUS made, hey, we're going to make an i9 G14 with a 2060 max Q, then I would think, yeah, that's fair. Same cooling. Then you can make a proper comparison or similar weight, but it's not fair to compare a five pound laptop to a three and a half pound one. I think that's patently unfair. I will say the five pound laptop with a 9750H, if it has a 2080 in it, or is a 2070 that you want, might be a better deal for you. Might be because you want to prioritize GPU over CPU. But if you want three and a half pounds with this kind of spectacular performance that you can carry in your bag with you and not feel like you're breaking your back, then this might be the laptop to have. Yeah, that's the uh, it's a it's a 2060. So you get 2060 performance. That's roughly what you're going to get. There's a little bit of variability in laptops, but you can't get a 2060 in an Intel based thing. So so the, the key selling point for this is the fact that it is a 2060 in a laptop that's done in late. It's not fair to compare it to a 10 pound laptop, like you're saying. I totally agree. Yeah. Uh, and that's why I didn't do it in the review itself. Okay. Uh, we got a question from Carthick um, asking, uh, will it be smart for OEMs to switch to Team Red now for gaming laptops uh, and workstation laptops? Do you see flagships like the XPS, Prestige, et cetera, going to Ryzen 4000? 
I think, yeah, sure. Certainly there are, remember, this is not a desktop discussion. You can't separate the, the CPU from everything. As much as AMD simply simply owns performance laptops right now, there's no question that AMT is in front. There are a lot of pieces that Intel has been putting in place for a long time that still makes, uh, makes it attractive to them. Again, I have not seen Thunderbolt 3 on an AMD-based laptop. I'm told they will be coming later this year. But if including want, this one. Including this one. This, it, is, you know, it is a weakness to not have Thunderbolt 3 because I thought, hey, you know what? I could take an uh, Intel gaming laptop, plug in an eGPU cabinet with the same GPU, take the GPU out of the equation. Can't do that on the G14. So there's no Thunderbolt 3. Uh, also, and you know, to be to be honest, as much as we all know how, how great AMD and Ryzen as our brands, a lot of consumers they go in, they go like, I'm not going to spend two thousand or fifteen hundred. That's a high end laptop to some people. I, I want Intel. They they feel safe with Team Blue, so I think that's really up to OEMs to make that decision. But I think when you look at the performance here, yeah, why not? Why wouldn't you do it? So I, I would really- expect them to. I'm really looking forward to starting to see more models of this. I really want to see what happens when a chip like this does get paired with a 2070 and a five pound laptop and see how that hangs with Intel. Yeah. See, actually it's funny. Cause I, I was thinking about this. This is like perfect for somebody like me where like, I would actually rather than having the CPU and the GPU kind of even for like gaming, like I would much rather have a more powerful CPU and a less powerful GPU for like video editing on the road because it, it Premiere uses less of the the GPU capacity or capabilities, so for me, like wow, this like having that much power in something that thin and light, but still like get crushing performance, like oh boy, wow. I mean, right. the the only thing I I would have to figure in there, like factor in there, is like you know, does does QuickSync you know help put it over the edge in in some of these these video applications? Like, what, what do you think the the benefit is, especially on the mobile side, having having QuickSync? Uh, well, I think, I think for, if, if say, I mean, honestly, I would fully expect Dell if the, if the yields are there and the, and the parts are there, I would fully expect Dell, Apple, frankly, I, I would not be surprised if we saw an Apple laptop. Uh, There's been uh, hints in the code of Apple supporting AMD. Right. And same thing. And clearly. Microsoft, Microsoft work with, you know, AMD and the Surface Laptop 3. I would expect it. So those are some big threes. I would not be surprised. But to your question, I think if you have an RTX, you have basically turn turn cores in there. QuickSync is pretty awesome. Um, But for, you know, a lot of Adobe products, they support CUDA really well because uh, NVIDIA, much to its credit, started working with Adobe Years and years before everybody did on GPU encoding, so uh, you know, I I would think the having RTX in there is is perfect trade off for QuickSync, but there are some things that do like QuickSync, and you could argue that maybe you would want QuickSync, but for you, are you going to trade six cores for something that thin because that's about as thin as they're getting, right? Versus eight cores, much much more CPU performance. I would definitely take the Ryzen with uh, Turing cores for content creation with a better screen. Thunderbolt 3, though, I don't know how important that is to you, Adam, but, you know. I mean, not not when I'm on the road for, you know, 
for CES and stuff like that. Like I said, I mean, the, the GPU is not as big of a factor, so uh, uh, like plugging in eGPU isn't going to really get me much, at least on the, the Windows side. Uh, so Yeah. The storage, you do get blazing fast storage over Thunderbolt 3, so. I'm real curious to see how Comet Lake, Comet Lake H winds up sticking, uh, comparing to this, because at CES, they Intel said that uh, Comet Lake H is coming soon, and that they're going to hit 5 gigahertz, which is ludicrously fast on a desktop, but especially for a laptop. Yeah. yeah. Uh, but I don't expect a 14 nanometer part hitting five gigahertz to come anywhere near a three and a half pound form factor. Yeah. And I think that is the weakness. I think common like H you're talking like five, three or some of the numbers. I think the leak numbers are out there. You know, it's, it's going to move that left side of the chart up where they're going to give you more single threaded performance, but are you going to be able to get that down in that way? I don't think, I don't think for the weight they're going to be able to do it. So I that's that's going to be the the one thing that AMD is going to have a huge advantage over even common like H. It feels like I don't know though we don't know. I had a conversation with someone, Team Blue, and they weren't too worried about Ryzen Mobile. I'm not sure they expected this performance out of Ryzen Mobile though, so we'll see. I, I'd I'd love to talk with that person again after what we're seeing today, but you know clearly, it was a surprise for most people. I think how fast this thing is. Uh, so just to, to, to switch over into some, some more questions, if, if you have questions, get them in the, the folder discord. We have a, a folder questions section. That's always the best place to put it. Uh, or you can put it in the chat and I'll, I'll hopefully see it. Uh, big Al 268, uh, put in this morning before the show. Uh, so considering the performance, these Ryzen 4000, uh, chips uh, seem to be doing, doesn't this kind of make some of the smaller form fact desktop slash portable PCs redundant that have similar specs? You mean uh, desktop small form factor or? Uh, yeah. You mean yeah. Like ducks and stuff. Yeah. Uh, I it's don't know. Different use, they're different uses. Like you're not going to want a laptop. You might want a laptop like this. But to me, ducks are for like home theaters or sitting on the corner of your desk or something like that connected to a big monitor. Like, and that's a different scenario that you would, that you would want than you would want a thin and light ultra powerful laptop like this. And they cost a lot less if you don't need all that power. Yeah, I agree with Brad. Uh, yeah, and uh, Vegetables 2 said, uh, how does it feel now that AMD has a mobile CPU that could easily beat Intel's counterparts? Feels like Intel had the laptop space forever up to this point. And, and forever, right? Like you said earlier. Yeah, no, I, I, I have to say, you know, I'm shocked because, again... AMD is never beaten in its entire history. I don't know why people miss this when I say this, but AMD has never beaten Intel on laptops. On desktops, they certainly have at the performance game. Laptops is a different thing. You know, it takes a lot more engineering. It takes a lot more work to get everything ready. But this is, it's really, it's just amazing how far ahead it is over those Core i9-8 cores. The current 9th gen, not 10th gen, notwithstanding, we'll see how those those shake out, but it's just it's just amazing that they're that they're so far ahead with these seven nanometer parts over those those fourteen nanometer parts, and I suppose we should have expected it. I mean, they were super efficient on desktops, and of course, a lot of people would say, "Oh, of course, it's going to be super efficient on a laptop." 
you know, I, you never know, but you know, and, and clearly the battery life is good and performance is, is incredible. So yeah, it's, it's shocker. I mean, this is something that Intel has never lost at before. And, um, of course, to be fair, remember we're talking H class performance laptops. We'll see when, uh, you know, I'm going to be doubter again, but let's see when we get a uh, U class AMD laptops in how they perform. And it's a very different world down at two pounds, two and a half pounds. That's a very different class of laptop, very different use case. And they don't have, they don't have discrete lap graphics in those either. That might make a huge difference. Yeah. Yeah. So we'll see, right? I mean, we'll see. I think it's not, we don't know the answer till we see the U parts, but clearly in H, you're going to want to rise in if you care about CPU performance, right? Uh, I, this morning, for, for just to jump in there this morning, earlier this year, or I guess it was the end of last year, uh, when all the Ryzen third gen chips were coming out, it felt like I was sitting there just like stunned. Like I felt like this was like a moment. It's cool to be sitting here covering this stuff because it feels like this is a moment where, you know, 10 years from now, when you're going back and doing the sliders, the ex most momentous moments in PC history, like third gen Ryzen is going to be part of it. I felt that same way this morning sitting here. Uh, I kind of oversee a lot of the coverage in the mornings on PC World because I work on the East Coast and I had a ton of stuff to edit, you know, different people to talk to, stuff like that. But I set it all aside and was just sitting there devouring all three of Gordon's articles because I'm just like, wow, this is like, this is a big deal. So it, it to me, it, it feels huge. Yeah, good job working on those articles, man. The People should definitely check yeah. them out on, on PC World. Uh, Gordon's put a lot of work into those. And even though we don't have more video you know, versions of these. You should definitely go read the articles. Uh, a couple more questions on, on the, the laptop, and then we just have some more, uh, some random ones. Uh, uh, Karthik is asking, uh, how good is Iris Lake graphics compared, uh, graphics performance versus Ryzen 4000 integrated graphics? For ultra-portable ultra iGPU-based convertibles, do you think Ice Lake will lose to Ryzen 4000? Uh, AMD's numbers already show that they're ahead of existing Ice Lake platforms. I didn't, to be honest, get into the Radeon Vega performance. I, I feel it's, you know, that part is mostly there to just save power because you know, they, they want to shut off the discrete part. It is the most powerful of the Ryzen stuff. Uh, that'll be a separate story later. My guess is they'll probably be ahead, but it is, it is also unfair, again, for me to take a three and a half pound, you know, H, S class laptop and compare it to a two and a half pound XPS 13. I think it's, you know, a little just, you know, it's just, it's not fair. I mean, the cooling solution for the HS is going to have way more heat pipes than you're going to have in a, in a two and a half pound laptop. So it's not necessarily fair. I would want to render a final judgment when we see similar weight, similar class laptops with those CPUs. But I would, these numbers say that were faster. That's what makes it so hard about laptops. Like we say it time and time again, this, it's really true. Like on desktops, it stuff does matter. Like the case that you put it in, et cetera, et cetera, airflow. It matters a whole lot less than it does in laptops. Like the design is everything. It's, it's really hard to divorce physical design of a laptop with graphics performance for all those things Gordon just said. So don't, don't jump to conclusions because results from this don't necessarily translate universally across the field. Uh, also, uh, Karthik, uh, thank you. Gave us uh, 39 uh, Indian rupees. That's, that's the first time I'd ever seen that symbol before. That was pretty cool. <laughs> uh, and uh, Canon Wright asked, uh, does this spell the end of ARM chips in laptops, Gordon? 
Uh, no, I don't think it will. I think, it, I, I think one, ARM chips never got started in the laptops. They've essentially been science experiments from all the companies, Microsoft, HP, et cetera, who have built on them. Lenovo has one, I think. Uh, those are mostly hedging bets. I, I think they're sort of afraid for the future, you know, um, and they want to have, I've always sort of felt, felt uh, Windows on ARM was an escape hatch in case the world of x86 imploded on itself. I think the world is very different now. It's not 2013. I don't think they're ever going to really compete. I know there were more rumors of a, of a MacBook on ARM again, that they float, they float that trial balloon every time. And somebody writes about it. I think if you ask me, if you're Apple and you're making a MacBook Pro, are you going to use an ARM chip or are you going to use a Ryzen chip? Do you, what do you think is going to appeal to that Apple customer that wants performance, performance, performance? No, it's not, not going to happen with ARM. They don't want performance. They just want that little Apple logo. Come on. Let's... Well, they wonder what their Apple logo. They wonder what their OS, but I mean, that's just, I don't, I mean, we see, keep saying it's just not, I don't think it's, I don't think it's realistic today. And, you know, Intel itself is trying to push yet again with these new form factors, they're going to try to escape um, but these foldables, even, you know, Lakefield, all these sort of like super low power, different form factors. And you know what? That's Those will compete with ARM. ARM does not compete with Intel core parts, and it hella does not compete with Ryzen parts. There's just no way. Uh, all right. If, if there's no more uh, laptop questions, you can definitely get them in. Uh you know, we're, we're going to go for a little bit longer here, but we got, um, oh, we just got $5 from Matthew Lang again. Thank you. Oh, thank uh, you. Talking about they're also working remotely. Glad to finally hang out with some of their favorite nerds online. Stay high, stay safe and stay healthy. Uh, thank you, sir. You too. Um, so Duke Nukem asked uh, last Tuesday, uh, for $500, is the 2070 Super still the best graphics card for 1440p, 144 hertz on most new games? As in, will I be very happy with that, or would it be better to pony up for the 2080 Super? Uh, in general, you will be happy with that. It will get you above 100 frames per second in a lot of games. If you're playing the latest, most cutting-edge games, like if you're playing, it's been a year now, but like in my head, I always think of Metro Exodus, so you know, anything like that where it's like the latest technology, it's got ray tracing baked in, it's got all that kind of stuff. You know, really hit stuff hard. Uh, if you can spend more, the better. Uh, the 2080 will get you closer to that 144 frames per second in the games that are more strenuous like that a lot more often. That being said, the 2070 Super is a damn good graphics card, and it will hit that in a lot of games, especially if you don't mind. I think we were talking about this last week with Hayden. Just drop in settings from ultra to high. Me, personally, I don't see a big difference in fidelity when I do that, but I see a huge difference in frame rate. So it's up to you if you want to spend the extra 200 bucks to get a 2080 Super. I think the 2070 Super will do exactly what you want and need in the vast majority of games. What are the prices on those, he says, on average? Uh, I haven't checked in the last two or three weeks, so who knows with this, like, this era when Nintendo Switches are selling used for $410. <laughs> but in general, they're still right around the MSRP. So 500 ish for a 2070 Super, 700 to 800 ish for a 2080 Super. 
Nice. Uh, back to a laptop question. Uh, question. Keith Schwerin uh, asked, uh, what are the odds of the next Surface Pro using uh, Ryzen 4000? Uh, you know, probably, I would say, it's hard to say. I mean, probably 50-50. I would sort of think they wouldn't retool Surface Pro for it. I would think it would go more into a Surface laptop, something a little, something where they sort of can offer that performance a little better. Although the the good thing about being in Surface Pro is they don't have to worry about Thunderbolt three. The uh, I think it if it doesn't happen this year, it might happen next year, because the way Microsoft works with the Surface Pro, the tablet is they locked in that design like three or four years ago and just keep it the same, so all these businesses who buy it can just you know have stability with the accessories. I'm not sure if it's starting to get a little bit long in the tooth, but I'm not sure they'll refresh that this upcoming regen. It might be the one after, but I think whenever they refresh the design, the physical design of the Surface Pro, I think there's a very decent chance we might see AMD as well. Cool. That's uh, just me talking out of my butt, though. <laughs> uh, we got 200 more rubles from uh, rupees from, rupees. Uh, yeah, rupees. Uh, I don't know what that is. Like uh, Zelda. Uh, yes, rupees uh, from Karthik. Thank you. Thank you. Uh, question for Gordon. Uh, Intel Ice Lake plus MX series versus Ryzen 4000 plus Radeon. Which do you think would be a better all-arounder thin and light? I think it probably depends on how you're going to define thin and light. Um, depends on what your definition of is. is. Yeah, but if we're talking <laughs> basically that sub three pound to two pound range, uh, again, this is one advantage Intel has. Ice Lake is a really good part. It's a really good chip. Uh, it's super efficient. And, the, you know, the graphics cores are actually, you know, not bad. Iris Plus is, is pretty good. And you've got all the advanced features. You know, you've got Thunderbolt 3 if you want it. And definitely that's very important to that sort of class of buyer for the external docks, the monitors, and all that stuff, eGPUs. And uh, the designs are just, they're, 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 they've been out for a while. So it is definitely... There's going to be, you know, probably 15 or 20, you know, Ice Lake U laptops for every Ryzen U laptop that you see out there. So I, I, I definitely think it is currently from what we've seen and what's coming out, you just, you're not going to get an XPS 2-in-1 or an X360 with a Ryzen. So if you want touch, you want pen, you want all that cool stuff that they're doing in every different laptop, I would not have a problem buying an Ice Lake laptop frankly, or even Comma Lake in a lot of ways, because at that that range, I mean, you're not really looking for the performance of eight cores. You're not looking for that for most people. If you are, then yes, you're going to want Ryzen. For a lot of people, all they want to do is they want to run Zoom. They want to run Chrome. They want to run Office. And these Intel laptops are wonderful at it, you know? Nobody knew they wanted to run Zoom, but we all know now. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I was looking into the specs for what you need to run Zoom. It's actually very interesting. They it basically it's Broadwell and up, Broadwell Broadwell uh, graphics cores and up, or if you have a Haswell quad core, you can do the screen removal background. Like so this is cool. I'm about to go into this tavern behind me and get a beer afterwards. Do do, <laughs> do the do the the airplane one. <clears throat> Should I do that? Yeah, just for fun. <laughs> All right. All right. Let me see if I do this without messing it up. <laughs> While you're doing that, uh, Syrian asks, um, does Gordon have any insights or predictions into the Ryzen 9 49H non-HS uh, part and its performance? 
Sorry, I can't. I can't think and actually work at the same time. So, what, what do you? Uh... Do you have insight question? or performance into the uh, the the non HS parts? Uh, I, you know, so that so again, Ryzen seven, Ryzen five, HS is basically thirty five watts versus forty five. They are the exact same clocks. The TDP changes. So, uh, my guess is basically with an H part, it'll be in a laptop that can push those clocks higher for longer than you can with an HS. You know, you that means sort of thinner, lighter. You give up some of those boost clocks. Um, Ryzen nine, I think will go into heavier laptops, five pounds, and will be faster and boost higher, right? So I think, you know, I think that the performance may be the same, you know, between the H and the HS, just longer, longer boost times, longer, you know, because they're, they're exactly the same clocks, interestingly. Okay. But higher, higher wattage means it, 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 this is the same clocks, but it can sustain those clocks longer is basically right. what it's going to boil down to. So, yep. <clears throat> yep. so you might be able to run for, you know, maybe one third longer. Yep. Okay. Uh, Joshua uh, asked, uh, do you know anything about the availability of the G14? Uh, do you think it'll be hard to find? Um, it's hard to say. I, I can actually ask Asus about that when it's going to come out because I, I thought it would be for sale today, but I'm going to guess soon. I will say I was disappointed I don't have the anime, the one with the LEDs on back, but uh, <laughs> that would be one? the one. Yeah, the one they have. A- they, yeah, they an- call it anime. Anime. <laughs> anime. I don't know if is there a way. I don't know. Anime. It's Asus. Anime. It's Asus and a- anime. It's, no, it's no. <laughs> <laughs> Classic. Okay, <laughs> that's going to come out, I think, in about a month or so. So I'm going to—I would expect that you'll be able to buy them soon. Um, and one thing you should know is, I this laptop is incredible, amazing. Never seen anything like it. Ain't got no webcam, right? <laughs> that's that's an interesting one. Oh, so you can't use Zoom anyway? Is what you're saying? Well. You, <laughs> you know, when they laid this thing out, I'm sure they're like, well, you know, you're going to be streaming. You'll use, you know, an external USB webcam or something, and you don't really need integrated. And we didn't, we didn't think you could sell a used and scratched up Logitech C920 for a hundred dollars in eBay. So, yeah. <laughs> uh, okay, so so back to uh, Discord. Duke Nukem followed up with his 2070 Super versus 2080 Super. Uh, Said uh, the Ryzen uh, thirty six hundred versus the thirty six hundred X are they worth twenty dollars uh, apart from each other? <laughs> Sorry, we're distracted right now because Gordon is just looking around <laughs> as this loop of going so up good. in a F fifteen. I guess take the shot, Maverick. <laughs> take the shot. <laughs> Well, we have to explain this for the audio <laughs> listeners so they don't know let it know why there's just like dead air for a second. It's pretty good. <laughs> uh, I think it, I, I think it would depend uh, on how much work you want to put into it. I think the parts, if you're willing to put a little bit of work into overclocking the 3600, it would get right up there with the 3600X. 3600X runs as fast as it's going to get right out of the box. So it's up to you whether or not that's worth your 20 bucks, I would say. Sorry, I wasn't paying attention, but yes. <laughs> yes, I agree with we, Brad. We, we, we actually have we have the 3600X as the best gaming CPU for most people in our, in our recommendations. 
Uh, nice. Jordan uh, is so distracted. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I'm actually getting a little vertigo yeah. from like the, it going inverted. <laughs> uh, so a couple more. Uh, Duke Nukem asks, uh, what effect do you think the human malware situation will have on the portable industry as of right now? Obviously, it's on changing uh, on, on the portable, on the laptop industry. Tablets, even webcams and stuff like that. What, what, how are things looking right now? Just a, a quick update. Yeah, I think Brad <laughs> just illustrated that really well with the gigantic shrug. <laughs> I don't think any of us really know what's going to shake out. I honestly, just from trying to source my own parts for the setup here and just looking at you know the situation with webcams, et cetera, et cetera, I feel like once we get to like mm, mid to late April, we'll have a better idea if we are just going to have nonstop shortages or if you know shipments that people are waiting on or companies are waiting on are finally going to make it to retail or if people shifting over to manufacturing PPE gear is going to affect you know how much we're actually able to output I just don't think we're going to know for at least another you know three to four weeks how it really is going to look for the long term or at least for like you know the middle part of the year it's actually I thought of something while Gordon was talking earlier, and this question jogs it back. I'm really curious to see how it matters for these mobile parts in particular, because uh, AMD's chips are made at TSMC in Taiwan. Uh, And, you know, over there, they're through the worst part of it at this point, whereas Intel, a lot of their stuff is made here in the United States, and we're just starting to buckle down. So I'm real curious to see if they have you know, AMD is going to start being able to pump out these chips now that its manufacturing center is, you know, over the the bulk of the worst, whereas Intel might start seeing some more effects on Comet Lake H or whatever, whenever that comes out. Ice Lake, uh, and people being sick and not going to, being able to go to work in Oregon now. So, real, not real interested. Hopefully it doesn't happen. But I'm interested to see how that shakes out. Yeah, and I think actually... Uh, Intel and AMD, their guidance was we'll be we'll have plenty of parts, you know, as expected. And I, I do think Intel actually asked for permission in some states to have workers go back to the fabs. Seems a little dangerous for them. Yeah, I, my guess is you know they just they'll take you know extreme precautions. You know they do wear you know bunny suits. Clean rooms. So yeah you can't get much more safer than a clean room probably when it comes to not getting infection on other people but weren't they donating yeah. their gear? They said that they were, like companies like Intel, I think maybe also was it Nvidia were saying that they were donating some of their clean room gear for yeah, some of professionals it. so it seems like there wouldn't be necessarily a ton for their actual workers if they're having them go back to the fabs uh they probably actually manage their stockpile. Uh, okay, so last question, uh, and then we'll uh, we'll get out of here. This is kind of a fun one. Um, Charles B. Uh, earlier in the show gave us $10. Thank you, Charles. And said, uh, please tell me your favorite superhero, each of you. Oh, like picking, picking mm. a favorite child. <laughs> so, yeah, somebody guessed Brad. It's, it's got to be <laughs> Superman. <laughs> well, really? What do you think? Jean Grey. Are you? You're a DC person, Brad? I just have always... Superman was my nickname growing up, so, so I always used to do dumb stuff like jump off of buildings and whatnot, so <laughs> <laughs> kind of stuck. 
He did start that fashion of wearing underwear <laughs> on the outside of their clothes. <laughs> <laughs> I'm trying to think. There's so many to pick from. It's really tough. And then it sort of hard. like, do you go from like your your childhood of reading comics, or do you go from the modern movie era? I don't. I don't know. That's a tough one. See, that's kind of like. Well, I guess there is no actual movie that didn't suck. So I'm probably. <laughs> So we're saying who favorite, like who you would want to be or who you just like. Who's your favorite, man? Just pick somebody that makes you happy. Uh, My wife would be happy if I was Aquaman. I think probably the thing is who like, I always like, as a kid, I always liked the thing, you know, you know, you know, clearly that franchise is, is doomed. It's, 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 it's been, uh, it's been cursed. It's been cursed. Although we'll see if they can breathe some new life into it, so. But definitely. I I always like Wait, Batman. Adam. Yeah, I was I was never a comic guy, but uh, I don't know. I've always liked the Batman movies. Usually pretty good. <laughs> uh, also, just got two dollars from VC Gesture. Thank you. Uh, saying they're they're a fan of Bat- Bargain Shopper Girl. <laughs> Someone's emulating life. Yeah. <laughs> Save that money. Uh. Cool. Then, uh, then I think that's uh, that's the show. We should uh, we should probably call it, Gordon. Okay. Uh, I got to look to my right, unfortunately. <laughs> Do it. So ch- check back next week for your fix of PC talk on the full nerd for audio listeners. Subscribe on iTunes, Google Play, and Spotify or Stitcher. Send questions and comments to the full nerd at pcworld.com. and also please do leave a review on one of those sites if you go there because every time you do, uh, we pick a new superhero. <laughs> spirit spirit animal i don't even understand that thanks for coming i'm gordon Ung with brad charkas maybe i'll see you on wednesday actually oh lady bye everyone and adam patrick Murray's gonna hit the off switch yes thank you brad i totally forgot to bring that up uh that this wednesday it's not a, it's not a full nerd we're doing a, a three thousand dollar pc build uh, challenge so all of us we're, we're going to make our own uh, and then we already have seven in the discord so if if you want to uh, make yours a pc part picker three uh, three thousand dollars and it's got to include all of uh, all the gear to get ready to you know a monitor keyboard mouse all the peripheral stuff uh put put a link for pc part picker uh in the discord because uh it's going to be fun i'm excited for wednesday so people should definitely this is the one that. i'm most pumped for that we've done yet so huh. nice. it's gonna be fun Nice. It'll be a good one. Uh, Yeah, thanks, everybody, and we will see you later. Mm